welcome to the Sirtos podcast, a important guest because technically this guest today is the first guest we have from Greece um, because in about season one, we had a guest who was in Greece recording, uh, but she technically lives in uh, the United Arab Emirates. So you're our first guest from Greece. Award goes to you. So take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and we'll get started. Well, that's a great honor to be the first uh, Greek from Greece, uh, let's say, participating in this podcast and this important work that you're doing, that you're both doing, Maria and Nico, uh, to promote the Greek uh, culture, the Greek dance, the Greek folk music. I am Kostas Mitsis, originating from Epirus, from Preveza, now living in Athens since uh, 2006. I'm teaching Greek dance since uh, 1998, just count the years, and, and I dance uh, Greek, Greek dances in dancing groups since 1982, I think. You can count the years too. Well, this uh, says something about my age. I'm not that <laughs> young. <laughs> well, I was born in 1975 in Germany, in Munich, where my parents used to live and work there, as you're doing, guys, as your parents have moved to, to the States or Canada or anywhere in the world to, to work. Uh, so they were working in Germany at that time. I was born in 1975, October, but they moved to Greece in 1976. So I grew up in Greece, in my village, Kanali, uh, in a farm environment because my, my parents are farmers uh, and my grandparents uh, were shepherds. This tells a lot because, as much uh, of you know, the, the traditional music and the traditional customs are kept in the farm environment uh, and grown in, uh, in farm environment. I was lucky, let's say, the first songs of uh, my, that I could remember as a child, let's say, it was my grandfather, Lucas, who was taking me with him uh, when we were going to the sheeps together and to the goats up in the village of Aidonia in the mountains up there. He had a mule and he was uh, taking me with him. I was something like three years old, four years old, going with my grandfather and he was singing to me. And the first songs, let's say, as I can remember as a song, as, as a child, were traditional, traditional Greek, uh, Greek songs. Like, and especially one song, uh, that had my name. Well, it was a Tsamiko. But anyways, uh, talking about Tsamiko, and he was teaching me, let's say, dancing when, uh, when we were together in the, up in the mountains. Anyways, these, these are 
moments that I remember in my life, and I will always remember, um, that has, uh, let's say, put inside me these, these, uh, it's, it's difficult for me. I want to apologize for my English sometimes. No, no. You're doing great. <laughs> that are not, uh, that are not helping me. <laughs> you know very well that my, that English is not my, it, it is not my native language. But anyways, I'll try to do my best. Uh, this has put me inside the tradition. Uh-huh. I always love to listen to traditional music, Epirotica mostly, of course, as I come from Epirus. Other regions came in my life much later when I joined dancing groups. Anyways, uh, my grandfather was teaching me dancing. And, you know, we had some uh, occasions like weddings, like baptisms, the panigiri in our village uh, that I was joining. And, of course, as soon as I liked dancing, I was joining the circle. And I was never going out of, of the circle. <laughs> Never getting tired. Love to dance, to dance, to dance, and to sing at the same time. There's a proverb we say in Greece. Opugamos kechara i vasilo proti. Well, I believe that this proverb characterizes me. So as soon as I remember myself, I was dancing and singing. As I said, uh, from 1981, 82, or something like that, I joined, I joined the dancing group of my village, doing epirotica again. Of course, it's, it's natural when you live in an area that uh, a, a repertoire is characterizing it, and there's a small village, of course, you will do dances from your region. And, and, and think about that we are in the 80s. In the 80s, beginning of the 80s, uh, the influences and uh, information was not as as it is today. It's not. It's not. Was not given to you. So we didn't have, let's say, the opportunity to listen in in an area in Epirus in the radio to be able to listen uh, to listen to music from from other areas. Of course. On the TV, sometimes from some celebrating or on, on some uh, programs that uh, they were playing in Easter time or uh, I don't know Independence Day, and in that occasions we could see on the TV, but they were not, let's say, influencing the local repertoire. And imagine that in these. In, in the 80s, uh, we didn't have private radios, which means that the only radios that were, that were playing on, on the radio were the state radios, the, the ERA, ERT, Eliniki Radiofonia Teleorasi, the Greek radio 
television broadcasting. So as soon as soon as we didn't have influences from and information from the radios and from the TV to check different repertoires or to listen to different repertoires was a bit rare. So uh, this is, and of course, technology as it is today, with internet, with CDs, with, 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 was always difficult. I remember myself, let's say, to have a tape, because we had tapes at that time. Uh, I had to leave my village to go to 20 kilometers to the town of Preveza to to find a studio and ask for uh, for certain songs to write them on the tape, and then have my tape on my uh, at home and let's say listening to 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 the music that I have recorded. No more than 20 songs, you can imagine. And I was listening to it again and again. And not only me, we were listening it. So the, the repertoire at that time, I would say it was uh, it was Periorismeno. What's the word, Nico, for, for Periorismeno? Um, limited. 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 Yeah. I would say limited, yes. So we were listening mostly to Epirotica. To be honest, I'm happy with this because not having influences from other regions, this helped me more to to understand and to to be able to express the local repertoire better than somebody who who lived uh, in a city with. Uh, with many, many influences, let's say. So, back in the early 80s, uh, dancing at uh, the dancing group of my village, we were performing uh, dances from, um, from this, uh, from our area. Then, after some four or five years, I found out that there was a dancing group in the town of Preveza, organized by... Uh, the municipality of Preveza, and it was much bigger with a better teacher, uh, better venues, uh, uh, more people joining it. So I decided to take the bus every Saturday to to go to Preveza. I had, let's say, something like half an hour. Uh, I, let's say I was a kid. I was something like 10, 11 years old. Uh, a little kid taking the bus to go to a dancing group, to the big dancing group of the municipality of our capital. You know, this sounds funny, but it was very important. When a guy from a village leaves the village and goes to a, to a town, makes it... Uh, uh, it, it is something big for him that uh, opens and widens his uh, horizons. So I joined this dancing group. 
I was talented, uh, to be honest, and uh, this talent was recognized by our, our teacher. And uh, I became leading dancer quite uh, quite easily <laughs> in something like two three months. Anyways, uh, with this uh, dancing group, we had performances uh, in festivals around Greece and abroad. Imagine my first trip abroad was in 1989. We traveled to Romania and Bulgaria uh, to perform to an international festival in Romania. I remember there was something like 25 countries from around the globe. And I was only 13 years old at that time. And it was always, I, I remember now, it was communist times for, for Romania. They, the, um, they had as a leader, Nicolae Ceausescu. And I have a picture that I have, I'm performing in this, in a private room. Um, Behind me, there's a huge picture of uh, Nicolae Ceausescu, Ceausescu, the leader of Romania. Something that you could see in any public building and in any street, everywhere you could see his face. It was the, you know, the propaganda of the, of the, um, of the time. Anyways, this was just a point that. Uh, uh, I started traveling abroad and being able to dance to festivals. Then I went to several countries like Cyprus, twice to Italy, to Spain, to the Netherlands, to France, to uh, many, 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 many other countries. Then, you know, I started uh, going, uh, I started yeah, uh, joining many, many uh, f festivals with this dancing group. And also we were organizing in, uh, in Prevazone International Dance Festival in the Balkan, actually from the Balkan countries. Anyways, uh, after this time, I succeeded uh, to the University of Thessaloniki, to the Aristotle University, to the departure of of agri department of agriculture, uh, I studied agriculture engineering for five years uh, in Thessaloniki, where I joined several dancing groups, uh, and there I had, let's say, the chance to have some important teachers. I would say, firstly, the Mr. Nikos Vavritsas, who is teaching at the University of Thessaloniki, then Yanis Prantsidis, uh, also teaching at the university to the physical education department of uh, Aristotle University, and many, many other teachers. Actually, in um, when I went there at the age of 18, 19, I had, let's say, the chance to understand what I am dancing, actually, and to uh, uh, clear, clarify in my mind, first of all, the regions, not as geographical regions, but as cultural regions with 
their instruments, with their music. And I would say on with their songs and then with their dances, of course. Um, Thessaloniki has affected my my career, I would say, with uh, all, all these teachers from all over Greece. I had uh, the chance to meet with people from all over Greece also and discuss in a more scientific way and more and more uh, detailed way how um, the Greek dance and the Greek music is developed. And then after Thessaloniki, after the five years in Thessaloniki of my studies, five and a half years of my studies, I went back to my hometown, Treveza, uh, where um, I worked there as an agricultural engineer for something like uh, five years. Uh, at the same time, I was teaching to dancing groups. Uh, actually, I started teaching in Thessaloniki in 1998 uh, at, uh, at a school. Uh, in my agricultural school, we developed a dancing group. That was my initiative with uh, with the local uh, student uh, department. Uh, we developed, let's say, a dancing group, and we had uh, the chance to perform also in in some uh, festivities that were taking place in Thessaloniki. Anyways, uh, after that time, the um, I, as I said, I went back to Prevesa and I started teaching to my to my home, to, to my village, my village, Canali. And we developed a dancing group. I stayed there for five years. We developed a dancing group of something like uh, 96 dancers when I left Preveza uh, to go to Athens in my local village association. Uh, we had, in the, in the dancing group, we had 96 dancers. We started, let's say, in 2001 with uh, 14 plus 7, with 21 dancers and ended up to 296. The whole village was uh, was dancing uh, uh, Greek dances. And I was also teaching to other villages there in the region. Uh, and also the last year I stayed in Preveza, I also taught at the municipality of Preveza, the big one, the big dancing group of uh, of our area where, uh, uh, let's say, when I started, I started as a dancer and in 2005, I came back as a teacher. Meanwhile, uh, in year 2002, I started involving with uh, traditional singing. And this was a new road, let's say, in my in my life, in my career, in my in my life, I would say. I was always teaching. I was always singing, sorry, since I was a kid, but I never understood that I was able to to, to perform as a singer. And this happened by mistake, let's say. In 2002, I remember. 
it was uh, July in 2002, we organized uh, a dance festival in uh, in Canali, in Preveza. And uh, we had a band, but we didn't have a singer. And we had to find somebody who would be able to sing uh, songs from different areas of uh, Greece, not only Pirotica. Unfortunately, the local singers were singing only Pirotica. So uh, it was impossible to find for July 21 somebody to sing. So I said to the council, and the council said, okay, I will do it as a solution, let's say. And I remember the first time that I ever sung, uh, uh, that I ever sang in front of the public as a singer, it was a song from the Decanisa, from the Dodecanese, dear Maria, from your area, not from Carpathos, but from Kalimnos, I think. It was Close the enough. song, <laughs> Divaeri, you know, Ixenitiato Herete, you know. Sigana, 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 Ketapina. So, it's like my favorite song. Ever. Is it? Yes. It has such deep meaning for me. Uh, it's true. It talks about. I mean, not just for me, but yes. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> I would say for our Greeks, not only for the Dodecanesians, because it's a song that is talking about uh, immigration. It's talking about immigration. It's talking about Greeks leaving their houses without knowing if they will ever be back to them, if they will see their relatives again, if they will feel their breath there. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the touch mm -hmm. and the only contact was a letter let's say mm -hmm. that was very these were very hard times for those have immigrated that's how we have so many songs with immigration with I think Senitia as a topic anyways uh, so this was the first song that I ever performed. I should check the date now. I I, I don't remember. <laughs> was it? Was it? I think it was July twenty one, two thousand and two. Hmm. Now something that comes from this podcast that I should look for me. <laughs> right. Anyways, uh, and then I did it quite good, I think. And the president <laughs> of the of the silogos uh, uh, of the local association said, hey, 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 we will never pay uh, uh, a singer again. You will sing for the association for free. <laughs> right, forever. <laughs> as soon as we have you here, why to give money to somebody else? 
as soon as you're doing it very well. I'm not doing it well. No, we'll be singing now <laughs> from now on for, for our performances. That's okay. I tried. I started uh, um, practicing and, uh, and uh, working on uh, the on our, uh, let's say, uh, on singing. And from time to time, other people were asking me to go and sing for them too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so after three, four years, I started singing professionally and started getting paid uh, from uh, the year 2005, 2006. I started getting paid and started to become more professional, let's say. So I was working on it. I was, uh, uh, how do we say, meletao? Uh, study. Or, I was studying, uh, yeah. Studying. yeah. I, I was studying more and more. And then uh, after, let's say, some time, I became a professional singer and uh, with a career in Greece and abroad and... We have met many times in the States and in Canada. And in 2006, it was the first time that I crossed the Atlantic Ocean for Greek dancing. I've been there before. I've been in uh, first time I came, but for personal, it was a personal visit before in, in the U.S., in New York City. But anyways, 2006, I went to Tucson in Arizona. Mm -hmm. It was the first uh, seminar that I was invited there by um, Anthony Platis, uh, who, was, who discovered me, let's say, through the Greek Dancing Forum, if you, if you remember it. Uh, it was... Mm -hmm. uh, the website? It, the website, yeah, it was there was a Greek dancing, Greek dancing .org, I think. Yeah. Uh, there was a forum that uh, Anthony uh, has discovered me there, and he was interested about the area of Preveza and Epirus. He even visited when he came back to when he came to Greece. He even visited my 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 area and uh, I have developed the research uh, for this area and let's say and he called me and he invited me uh, in Tucson in Arizona to teach dances from Epirus from and, and if I remember well I taught dances from Preveza from Siraco and Metsovo uh, Opa in the desert it was mm -hmm. the <laughs> it was the seminar uh, Nico, you were there too? I wasn't there, but I do remember that one. Mm -hmm. But there was, there were people from Seattle. That's where I met Maria Barbas and Chrisavi Theodoru. They were joining. And uh, Christo Govedas was playing with his band. And that was the first time that we met and we collaborated, of course. Um, so at that time, uh, let's say a road opened to me and I would like to thank, let's say, Anthony and uh, all the people in, 
uh, in Tucson uh, for organizing this uh, for organizing this seminar and inviting me. And after that time, I have visited something like uh, 16 times, I think now, the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> it became like a second home to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very much connected with you guys and, uh, in all the places that I've been to. I would say that... Uh, Whenever I came there, I felt like home. I felt uh, open hugs, mm. hugging me with a smile, with uh, with love and greedy faces. Mm-hmm. In a good way, greedy, mm-hmm. greedy faces to learn, to seize, let's say, information and experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you don't see it here in Greece, really, uh, as I can see it from you, uh, you over there. Here, if I have to compare, let's say, uh, people here in Greece, sometimes they think they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> and we've talked about it before, too. It's very different being away, you know, and you miss something, and, and when you don't get it a lot... It's it's definitely that much more exciting, that much more, uh, there's so much more drive, I guess you could say, to have uh, someone come from Greece and you're able to learn things firsthand. And again, like you said, get those experiences uh, that, you know, whether you've heard about or, or even some generations before great grandpa or grandpa were the last ones in uh, in greece so to have someone come and then have them just uh you know be be so open and 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 then because that's that's what i uh, truly enjoy uh, with when with our with our meetings was you know you were always very very friendly and uh, you, you have a Calaburi, the uh, you know good 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 sense of humor and mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's very it's been um, it, I, I think that's that has a lot to do with um, you know something Nico, uh, uh, to give to give information or to give anything you have to give it <laughs> with your heart mm-hmm. be real and not keeping it for you it's authentic when you do that some things you can't translate in English well it doesn't, it doesn't match yeah. where it comes from here oh. so. most people that are listening to the podcast they also know Greek so <laughs> yeah I think whatever is comfortable for you is it correct? Uh, you have to be real, mm-hmm. and uh, to be real, first of all with yourself, and then and then with uh, the people that you're dealing with. The experiences that I have from uh, my early age, 
and then from my training age, and then from my um, age, from the age that I started exploring and uh, researching. All this information do not belong to me. As I said to many of you, for example, all my music archive, anything you want, just ask me and I will send you a link to download it. Nothing belongs to me. Mm -hmm. I was, let's say, I had some meraki, I had some love, I had some uh, more free time, let's say, to explore, to research all this information. Uh, and you know very well, Nico, as you have been, we, we met in 2008, if I remember well, in Toronto, was it? Yes. Was it in Toronto at Cliranomia? Was, was Vegas or Toronto first? No, Toronto was 2008, Vegas was 2009. So it was... Then it was Toronto, yeah. So we met in Toronto. You know very well that I I never keep something for myself. And whoever comes here in, in, in Greece, I even take you in my house, in my car, come with me to the Panigiria, come yep. to have experiences. Sudino aplojera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can say I've had some of the most memorable and unique experiences because of whether it was your invites or whether you were able to, to take me. <laughs> yeah, it's a... This is the difficult part, though, because many are suspicious. And I have been criticized from people here in Greece uh, uh, telling me, why are you giving? Why are you giving that? Don't give them all. No. Because it's not mine. That's why I'm giving it. This is, let's say, I'm 47 years old. After being involved since my since my almost 40 years with uh, traditional dance and music, I have concluded that nothing belongs to me. And the more apostles you have the more the word will be spread. Mm -hmm. The dance teachers and those people that are learning uh, uh, Greek music, because there are people that, it's, it's not only dancing, it's the, the music is first of all. Those people are apostles, apostles of the Greek traditional culture. And my obligation is to give information and not only mine, those that we have any information. I never see it, let's say, epagelmatica, uh, in order to profit, let's say. Yeah. Of course I will profit if I sing at a wedding, if I sing at a, at a, at a, at a or something like that. I will get paid because it is a band, it is a work. Uh, if I move, let's say for a, I, I, I go to teach at the, at the, at the, at a seminar, mm -hmm. I will get paid. But the goal is not to get paid, in my opinion. the The goal is to spread the word. Mm -hmm. 
this is this is the important and that's why you know very well both of you and other people that uh i'm not staying only at the time that i'm coming to teach to a public the information is is uh is here for you for me anything you want and I, be the, and be the apostles yeah i that's first of all it's so important to hear that because when you were talking about how you learned from your papu it and how nothing was interfering right it was so clear like what you were learning you were learning like without interference without um kind of other influences to the the core of the culture it hit me i was like what you're teaching is very pure you know what i mean nowadays it's hard to find that right it's hard to find people who kind of learned the purest way without influence the outside influences yeah exactly without outside influence you know so not being not being the technical you mean sure like even that but even more so because we see outside factors affecting whether it's people's styles people's way of thinking about dance song uh, just life yeah so when you for anyone who's listening one of the first memories that i have of meeting you was in montreal i mean i had i knew who you were but you we were at all at la grafia and nico we introduced met in 2000 you. we met in 2011 mm-hmm. yeah in in la grafia in montreal yeah um and you were so genuine, right? Because it's a little bit intimidating. Like if you go to these dance conferences and you know of these teachers and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is like a, a dance, a big dance guy, yeah, right? A big yeah, influencer. <laughs> but your class was not like that. It was authentic. It was genuine. And it was very comfortable because it was like we were learning from a cousin, learning from family. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I feel like I distinctly remember, I don't know if it was after that or when you were in New York with us, you were like, you said, just email me and I'll send you all the music. And all of a sudden we get an email with like a link or something like that. We You sent us all the songs or, or whatever. And it was just you don't get that often because a lot of people like to hold on to this stuff. So I, I really appreciate what you said about this is not yours. You know, you're the person who's mm-hmm. teaching it. I'm an apostle. Sure. I'm using this word. I think it's the best word to use. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an apostle and mm-hmm. I have to spread the word. Nothing belongs to me. Mm-hmm. These CDs that uh, I have behind me now that you can see people are not able to see now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I collected them, but I'm not the singer of those. These are, these are, I have something like, I don't know how many thousands of songs in my archive. Mm-hmm. Many, many thousands. No, I, I, I collected them, but get them. Mm-hmm. Imagine I die. What will happen to these archives? <laughs> Nobody. You and many other people, too. There's so much knowledge out there. There's so many resources now. Mm-hmm. And you probably, if you subscribed on my YouTube channel, uh, it's Costas Mitsis. Uh, I started uploading videos from uh, my researches from Panigiria. 
I already uploaded from Syraco in Epirus and also some from Serifos uh, Island, mm. uh, the beautiful uh, Panigiri over there. Uh, and when I have time, let's say, I'm uploading all this, um, all, all this stuff because these are moments that we will not be able to have them, let's say, in the future. So after 20, 30, 50, 100 years, people will be referring to them and they will see, wow, in the year 2003, 2005, look how Greeks were dancing. Mm -hmm. Look at the musicians of that time. Mm -hmm. And music... Music is the most important thing. I had to become a singer to be also part of a band and be able to amuse people to understand what uh, Yorgos Papadakis, uh, the musicologist who has passed away, has, as I said at a seminar that I have, uh, I have attended some some years ago, I think it was 12, 13 years ago, if I remember well, here in Athens. Uh, he used the three words, the three important words. Logos, melos, kinesi. Mm-hmm. Logos, words. The poem, opietikos logos, the meaning. People were spreading a word in the table of the family, in the common table of the village at the Cafe Neo. And in this word, the message that was coming was dressed with music and became a song, Tomelos, Melodia, Logos Melos. They made the song a mean of spreading the word, the music. And then, kinesi, moving. On the music, on the song that they have known very well, deep inside, that they have said it again and again, the body was going, and dancing it. And that's why the expression of locals that they know very well the music and the song and the meaning of the song uh, leads to certain figures, certain salimnia, certain certain way of expressing the body. Those three are connected. It's not just uh, flying on the air, hitting our uh, uh, legs and uh, making uh, strophes and kekathismata uh, and whatever. This has to be connected with the music and the words. If you see older people, they will never do figures during the, the lyrics. Yeah. They wait to, to, to do the figures when the, when the music is playing. I actually have noticed that uh, 
more recently mm-hmm. been paying attention to it more with music. Uh... So I would say a conclusion from my experience, the, the conclusion of my experience of these years is if somebody doesn't know the music and the song, if the song does not going through their body like the blood is going through the body, that they don't know the music well, they will never dance with soul and they will never dance correctly if we can use this word. I don't like the word correct. Nothing is correct uh, because there are many factors that are uh, let's say epirazon uh, affects I'm taken the, into account yeah yeah because for example I'm a heavy set man I will not be able to dance like you are Nico because that you're thin you're able to do more movements that I cannot do because I am uh, 20 kilos uh, heavier than you yeah <laughs> <laughs> And on the flip side, I can't do things that you can't. You have a different grounding effect, uh, you know, with 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 dance. You know, it, how it, many it, everyone's body type? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Will create a different style. Exactly, exactly. But it always is within, and I think that's what you're, yeah, you're very well pointing out within the region or the area, even the village. Sometimes. Is very there's very specific factors from music from lyrics, uh, it, and then and that feel that feeling that soul that you're saying. Imagine in the past, people didn't have uh, the opportunity to listen to different music than these in their in their area. That music that was played in their areas by certain musicians. For example, Maria, you come from Carpathos. Mm-hmm. What else do you hear Clarina Epirotica from in Carpathos? No. I didn't growing up, maybe now, but no. Not now. <laughs> we talk about the past. Correct. Forget it, Forget it now. Yeah. As I said, even in the 80s, as I said before, people were not able to 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 to, to experience different mm-hmm. music. And if they did, they just heard it once and then never again. Again and again, they would listen to the local music. Mm-hmm. And the local music, there are certain rhythms, certain melodies, and certain songs. I would never say more than 100, 120, mm-hmm. or something like that. And they were reproducing. The only thing is that they were bringing new lyrics and bringing new mm-hmm. new, new, new stories. Mm-hmm. Something that is happening today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a song is bringing a story, a story of love, a story of uh, of loss. Uh, sorry, loss, love, loss, the two, loss, <laughs> anything, a, 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 a unique event that happened, uh, mm-hmm. a battle that maybe happened, uh, anything, anything. Uh, the songs are bringing stories, but the melodies are reproduced, let's say, mm-hmm. in, in any area and the rhythms. So these people that they had this repertoire, uh, they, they were experienced this repertoire, they were performing it in a way that 
characterizes, let's say, a region, mm-hmm. a cultural region. I wouldn't say, uh, again, a geographical region. I would call it a culture, politismiki, if 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 I do the right tr- mm-hmm. translation. Yeah. I think that's more correct, yeah. yeah. And that's oh, yeah. what we're trying, let's say, to do in uh, in seminars let's say that i'm coming and teaching in you have attended many in in the past like i never taught dances from ipiros i don't i taught dances from preveza from konica from metsovo from sirako from pogoni from zagorohoria from thesprotia sarakatsanica from ipiros from the ipirotica sarakatsanica just to show, and and these are coming always with information that are characterizing these these regions, these cultural regions, mm-hmm. with their own music. I had the chance, let's say, so a month ago, to do a, uh, a seminar in Patra. Uh, for the first time, I I did a wow the word taxonomy. Uh, what's the word? Uh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, that's a tough. Mm-hmm. One. A systematic, let's say, mm-hmm. kind of okay. you worked through like a. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saying, let's say, this is Epirus. This mm-hmm. is the map of Epirus, and these are the dances from each uh, mm-hmm. cultural area of Epirus. Yeah, like a structural representation of it, kind exactly. of. Exactly. That's what I did for the first time uh, a month ago, and it was uh, really, really uh, uh, interesting for the people that have participated. Mm-hmm. They had a lot, a lot of questions just to clarify what is happening with this area, Epirus, which sounds, let's say, the same. Mm. Sounds same to somebody who is stranger, who is not from Epirus. All Epirotica sound the same, but when you give it to them uh, in pieces, dif- in pieces, they mm-hmm. say, "Oops, sounds the same, but it's not the same." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you could say that about many places, uh, like the Vavikanisa. There's differences between the melodies. And the music in Leros, mm-hmm. Talnos, and even down the Carpathos, you know, Echunakusmata uh, Diaforetica. There's differences in the way. First of all, the instruments, the instruments yeah. are making the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the accents of how people speak, too, right? So that's going to right. transition to, you know, Indeed. what you're saying. It's going to sound different. But, you know, I think, Koso, it's so important, like, we always talk about how to find good resources and the fact that you said that you are taking the time to upload, you know, your things on, onto YouTube and stuff like that. That's, that's huge because in previous podcasts, we've talked about how people have this wealth of information, wealth of knowledge, wealth of research that they've spent so much time doing, but it's, it's locked places, you know, like there's, research from several people in the States who are and were just very involved in this. And it's at a university, but you don't know it's there. You don't know how to get to it. So like, what good does it do? You know, it, it, it loses that piece of, sure. The university has it. 
that's great. And maybe they have a Greek program, but it's not accessible to most people. So people start replacing that with what they think they know. And that's how, you know, the culture, the traditions change. That's how you lose kind of that, that core, you know, the authentic authenticity that you have. So I think that's, I mean, this just is to an say aspect, this, this is an aspect of life and of uh, how do you, how do you approach the traditional dancing and uh, singing? And mm-hmm. I, my approach is more uh, emotional, I would say. I don't look at it as a profession, uh, but as I said before, they do not belong to me. Mm-hmm. I had, let's say, the chance to study more and be able to work on things that people never worked on. Uh, for example, in Preveza, unfortunately, I would say, in the year 2000, I started a research. Since the year 2000, there was no any research in my area in Preveza. Mm. That means that many people those carriers of the information have passed away. Mm-hmm. And I lost the say the chance to meet them mm-hmm. and have more information. Somebody else should have done it before me. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. nobody did it. So we lost a lot of information and a lot of songs. For example, recently, something like three, four years ago, I discovered uh, carols of the New Year's in the area of Konica, at the Mm. village Kerasovo. It's for the New Year's. Interesting. We never had in Epiros information about Carols uh, for 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 this uh, for for this t- time of the year, uh, and it goes like this. It's it's important talking about Agus Vasilius and says, "Ay Vasilis erjete ye nariksimeroni ye nariksimeroni." Βασίλια που δεν έρχεσαι κι που δεν κατεβαίνεις κι που δεν κατεβαίνεις and goes on. Anyways, these lyrics, I found them also in other areas of Ipiro, in Thesprotia. The wow. same lyrics, which means that the carols, they were t- they were telling on uh, New Year's Eve, not in Protochronia, mm-hmm. the day before, they were in other areas too. But they, there's nobody there to remember the melody uh. of the old people because they stopped them because the villages are empty now. Mm. Most of the people are in Athens, are in Germany, are in Australia, most of the Epirotes, and some are in the States. But most of the Epirotes have moved to Germany and Australia. 
in other areas of Greece. How can I find them if they are not in the village? Right. At least, right. let's see. And uh, we were honored to sing those carols uh, in 2019 to the President of the Republic, Mr. Uh, Prokopis Pavlopoulos, at the Presidential Palace in Greece, mm. uh, in Athens, uh, uh, with... Uh, with my uh, with with the dancing group that I'm teaching now, it's the Silogo Sipiroton Anolosion. Nikos knows it because he, when he was in Greece, he was a yeah. part of the uh, <laughs> cultural group. That is accurate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that is accurate. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I know it very well. <laughs> and you have performed on the TV too, Mr. Antonopoulos. Oh boy! That was also I didn't, true. I didn't know I was around such uh, such fame here. Other than yeah. Costa, oh my goodness! We so should bring we up that clip. <laughs> and you can find those carols on my YouTube channel if you write. I think Protochroniatica Kalanda Kalanda Protochronias from Ipiro, something like that. Why I'm saying this? It was the year 2017 or 18 that I have discovered those. Mm. And I was lucky to find that information. Why not before somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody else had found them, why didn't he or she give them to the public? Because there are researchers that I finding things and they're keeping in it, it keeping them in the universities uh, in the, I don't know where else just for themselves again it's not going to do us any good if it's there you know if yeah. people don't know about it or they don't know where they can find these things it might as well be gone exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's sad it's tragic actually because it's yeah it's they they do not belong to us that this is my motto nothing Mm -hmm. belongs to me (laughs) yeah these belong to the the greek people to the greek culture matesy i have kind of like a funny question it's not a funny question but a little bit maybe less serious question um thinking of all the places you traveled do you have a favorite place that you've traveled for like teaching not to perform but to do like a seminar or something that really a place that really surprised you that you know you were surprised at how uh, connected the students were to you that's a good question thank you (laughs) i never thought about that a hard question (laughs) we're talking about teaching abroad now right sure i mean you could say abroad yeah because i i I would never uh i will never forget let's say the first time i taught uh in 1998 that was i was so stressed let's say Mm. at the age of uh 
22, 23, something like that. And imagine that you're teaching uh, Greek people living in Greece that they have experience from other dancing groups. So the anxiety, the the stress <laughs> uh, was really imagine. was really too much for me. Uh, <laughs> But uh, let's say I managed to um, to work on it. That was hard. That was hard. The first time I had to teach, that was hard. Because, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I, I cannot find a place, really. What I will, uh, what comes in my mind, I put the, the teaching uh, in Greece and to Greek people out. It's it's totally different, you know, because being, the, the, we are here, we meet every day, and uh, we speak the language, and it is very uh, very uh, easy, let's say, to spread the word. I would say, whenever I come, I go abroad, even if it is in uh, Europe, but I would say more in U.S. and Canada, because. The second and the third generations that are attending uh, of Greeks that are attending these seminars, and many also uh, foreigners, not non-Greek speaking people. What surprises me is that they are trying to sing with me the songs that we are teaching. Uh, it is as 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 soon as you have attended some of my classes, you always see that I'm trying to give you uh, the, the ability to sing the Greek songs. Because the, as I said before, music is our guide and the words. And I see young kids, even when I came to Schenectady and I, uh, and I taught, mm-hmm. when I came, when I went to uh, to Edmonton, uh, uh, little kids, and I, I won't for, for, for forget the the kids in in San Sofia in uh, in uh, in Los Angeles with uh, Nick Manolelis and Eleni. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some little kids that they were singing with me the, the, the songs of Metsovo. I remember, uh, okay, this song, Thalassa Platia, you all love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, I, whenever I teach it, you all reply and you are trying to, 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 to sing it correctly together. And mm-hmm. then we, be, we all become a team. I don't know these these uh, these these connections. Uh, I love all the places that I've been to. I love that. I love, I love that. all the places right. that I've been to. Every place is a different family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I feel. Really, you. Um, and this is what you guys, uh, music and dance, is connecting us. And that's why we talk today. Absolutely. So we are part of a big family. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Couldn't agree more. 
I know. I would say, though, <laughs> the only place on Earth, that, except for Greece and Cyprus, uh, that I, I said I can live here, it was Sydney. Really? Australia. Yes. This, 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 this place, guys, is really, I don't know. Uh, first of all, the climate resembles to the Greek. Uh, and, uh, but the Greeks are funny there. You know, there are there something like almost 100,000 Greek people, but they are speaking the Greek language. Mm -hmm. In Greek, they're not mixing Greek and English. That was that was uh, that was funny. I went there in two thousand nine, uh, and uh, to teach there also at a seminar. Uh, but it was um, it was something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never been. That's on my. Mm -hmm. yeah, I haven't been yet. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> it's on. The Let's list go all together. <laughs> all right, Gosta, set up the seminar. We'll get it going. We'll be there. <laughs> we have to call Vasily uh, to organize it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We'll get in, we'll get in touch with Vasily. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Maybe we'll bring him on the podcast and uh, yeah, get, and get that ball rolling. Yeah. Let him know. Let him know. <laughs> yes, he was actually supposed to be on um, in season three, and I had to cancel because I got called into work. I believe that's why I was called in at the hospital. So, um, so yes, he needs. I need to follow up with him so um, so we can get that going. That would be awesome, actually. Oh yeah, um, he's a great speaker too. Yeah. So I've heard. I've heard people really. Yeah, he, he's adore a teacher. Him also and uh you know he has the, the ability to speak well yeah yeah um so costa kind of to to wrap up although i know we could talk all day um <laughs> i think a large piece of advice that you gave people in this podcast is you know nothing is ours like we don't we don't own this right um what else would you tell people who are maybe involved in Greek dance and Greek music? What piece of advice? What's like something you would share with people? Uh, listen to music. Mm. All the time, listen to music. Brainwash with the music. This is something that I'm telling to all my lectures, to all my seminars. If you remember, this is the word that I'm using. Brainwash with the music again and again and again. And try as much as you can, especially younger people, to understand what is traditional and what it is sold as mm -hmm. traditional nowadays. Because uh, during the COVID area, in Greece, uh, in the Greek TV channels, this what we call neo-dimotico, the new traditional, uh, I don't know, music, which mm -hmm. is not, uh, I wouldn't call it even Greek. Mm 
because the rhythms are from Anatolia and from uh, the eastern parts of the Mediterranean. They're using uh, popular songs with no traditional instruments. You will not listen to clarino. Okay, you listen to a clarino, but not as you, <laughs> the real clarino sounds. Mm-hmm. In a more modern way, with synthesizers, Synthesizer, with electric yeah. guitars, with drums, and uh, I don't know what else they use. Mm-hmm. They have made a hybrid, hybrid mm-hmm. of, of music, resembling to traditional, but not traditional, with uh, lyrics that I would say insult the our ethos, our. Uh, mm-hmm our uh, uh, dignity. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, during the COVID time, these artists that are very good artists, I will, I do not, nobody doubts about that, have uh, became like a flood on the Greek media. And of course, on YouTube then, in other platforms like Spotify, I don't know what what else, and Apple Mm -hmm. Music, and they have become very popular. And many people are thinking that this is the Greek traditional music. Mm -hmm. This is my alert, alert. I am, I'm really scared of the future of the pure traditional Greek music. The younger generation are following these hybrids, hybrid or hybrid? What's the correct? Hybrid. hybrid. Uh, are following these hybrids, and maybe the end of the pure traditional uh, Greek music is coming. Mm-hmm. This is a fear from my side. Mm-hmm. Let's resist. What else can we do? The more we, the more we can do. And I think that's why it's important that people share that these resources resources are available so we know what the real traditional, what authentic, if you want to call it that, what is the true music, the true part of this whole culture that we have. The only way, in my opinion, to 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 spread the word is to organize events mm-hmm. in Greece and abroad, uh, like in the States, in the Canada, in Canada, in Germany, with bands that they are respecting uh, the pure traditional uh, music. The more Glendia, the more uh, seminars, and the more gatherings that uh, will be organized, the more people will be joining and the word will be spread. Mm-hmm. Let's use it as a conclusion on this podcast. Let's hope, let's say that uh, uh, we will be more active, all of us. Mm-hmm. Costa, I can't thank you enough. Um, as uh, you. you know, someone I consider a 
a good friend. And I'm so grateful to say that, um, that you were, you came on today and you shared with us. Cause I know how deeply personal this is, right? So sometimes it's easy to talk about and other times it's, you know, there's amazing things and there's also things that are stressful and, and tough, you know, like you just described um, and, and kind of how you concluded. So I can't thank you enough. Yes, Bye. thank you for that. It, it was such a I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you for inviting